Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, October 28th. A milestone in the city's response to COVID. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The first flu death of the season in San Diego County was announced yesterday. The man was 55, had underlying medical conditions, and was not vaccinated against the flu. New flu cases in the county continue to increase. According to the county, nearly 1,800 flu cases were reported this month. That's more than 1,000 cases compared to last month. The November election is almost here and you have just over a week to cast your ballot. You can mail it or drop it off at any of the registrar's ballot drop boxes. Starting tomorrow, you can also vote in person at one of the 39 vote centers across the county. They'll be open every day from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. For a list of vote centers, check out kpbs.org slash voter hub. San Diego's new electric street sweeper needs a name, and the city's stormwater department wants your help. The sweeper prevents pollution from reaching waterways and the ocean, and the city wants its name to reflect that. You can submit suggestions via email to thinkblue at sandiego.gov until November 10th. Then three finalists will be selected and the community will vote on its favorite. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. As San Diegans adjust to living with COVID-19, so are city officials. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman explains. The San Diego City Council's COVID-19 Response and Recovery Committee met for the last time this week. They've helped oversee half a billion dollars in federal relief money. The County Health Department's Dr. Jennifer Tudor has been briefing the council committee. She says they are concerned about increases in flu and RSV cases, and at the same time, they're anticipating some type of winter COVID surge. She says the Omicron subvariant BA5 is still the dominant strain here, with vaccines and treatments still working well. This bivalent booster, what's called the updated booster, is really something giving us extra protection while we are still in this Omicron phase of variants. The committee's responsibilities will be transferred to the Council's Economic Development and Intergovernmental Relations Committee. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. And now a follow-up to a story we brought you yesterday. San Diego County air pollution officials ordered a San Diego biofuel company to contain pungent odors that neighbors have been complaining about for nearly a year. But the fix won't come for six weeks. 
KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. Air Pollution Control District official Ruth Rodriguez-Figueroa is asking Barrio Logan residents to wait a bit longer. I'm asking for a little bit of patience and a little bit of time. Regulators are giving New Leaf biofuel until December 9th to fix an odor problem that neighbors began complaining about last November. The smell comes from used cooking oil that the Barrio Logan firm turns into diesel fuel. And I live, you know, like I say, directly across from this, this, this place, which puts me directly in the intensity zone. Peter Colon says the pungent smell is there all the time, but worst in the morning and evening. Regulators will meet again next month to check on the company's progress. The fan and filters have to be operating by December 9th. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. California Attorney General Rob Bonta is demanding Albertsons delay a $4 billion payout to stockholders until after a review of their proposed merger with Kroger. At the same time, union leaders are meeting in Chicago to talk about both actions. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has more. Albertsons and Kroger have 700,000 employees across the U.S. In San Diego County, those workers are represented by UFCW Local 135, which is calling on regulators to stop the merger and a planned $4 billion dividend payout from Albertsons to stockholders. Mike Ryan has been a member of Local 135 for 34 years. He says he's seen this before and it's not good. The first thing that you think of when you talk about a company coming in to purchase our company is store closures. California Attorney General Rob Bonta is among six attorneys general who sent a letter to Albertsons demanding they delay their payout until the Federal Trade Commission and they review the merger and payout. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Coming up, we have some weekend arts events worth checking out. We'll have that story and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Governor Gavin Newsom took an uncommon step yesterday when he publicly endorsed a local proposition. It was Measure D, which would allow the city of San Diego to require project labor agreements for city-funded construction projects. KPBS reporter Thomas Fudge has more. Project labor agreements, called PLAs, require building contractors to enter into a work agreement with a union or other employee group. Ten years ago, San Diego voters approved a measure to ban PLAs from city-funded construction projects. Approval of Measure D next month would overturn that city law. Carol Kim with San Diego's Building and Construction Trades Council supports Measure D. This is actually very simple. It's about making sure that city law is clearly in alignment with state requirements. Project labor agreements are politically controversial, favored by labor and opposed by free market conservatives. 
But supporters of the measure also say San Diego risks losing state construction money. That's because a state law withholds state funding to cities that ban PLAs. But has San Diego lost any funding? The reality of it is that San Diego has never been denied funding because it doesn't have project labor agreements. Abdur Rahim Hamid, president of the National Black Contractors Association, says the argument for Measure D is an empty threat. He points out San Diego law has an exception to the ban on PLAs when state funding is at risk. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. San Diego City Council District 8 is voting this November on whether to give Vivian Moreno another four-year term. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says her opponent is a familiar one. Antonio Martinez lost the District 8 seat in 2018 by fewer than 600 votes. He's a staffer for Congressman Juan Vargas and a member of the San Isidro School Board. I feel that our communities in District 8 have been neglected. Martinez says he's running because he thinks District 8 hasn't been given its fair share of city resources, and he can do a better job fixing that inequity. Frankly, I feel that the current person that's there now is not doing the job to get that done. So I feel it's appropriate to or necessary for me to put my hat in. One of the things that um, that I often tell my colleagues is that we've been left behind. Incumbent council member Vivian Moreno agrees her constituents haven't seen the same level of investment as other communities. But she says she's made progress on raising the priority of projects in District 8, like the planned expansion of the San Isidro Transit Center. Here she is at a town hall last April. And so this is a project that when I joined um, Sandag board and when I joined MTS, I said this has to be our number one project. Why? Because 12,000 people go on this trolley on any given day. The 2022 election is unlikely to be as close as the 2018 matchup between Moreno and Martinez. They were the only candidates in the June primary, and Moreno won that race by 27 points. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. San Diego Opera is premiering The Last Dream of Frida and Diego tomorrow. The new Spanish-language opera explores the relationship between iconic Mexican artist Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. It also uses the celebration of Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead, as the backdrop for a love story that crosses into the afterlife. KPBS arts reporter Beth Alcamando attended the dress rehearsal on Wednesday and has this preview. Picture might be worth a thousand words, but a Frida Kahlo self-portrait speaks volumes about her life. She painted her autobiography always. Lorena Maza is directing The Last Dream of Frida and Diego. Her art was so personal. And I think the more personal, the more universal. And also because she depicted herself completely as a woman, and she was disabled, and the strength She was never a victim. She dignified herself through her painting. Kahlo's intensely personal, often witty, and always boldly imaginative paintings reveal more about her life experience than any carefully researched biography. She just painted her reality. Mezzo-soprano Guadalupe Paz sings the role of Frida. People thought it was like surrealism, and it was not. She was like very original in that sense. And I think that appeals to us because when we see a painting of her, 
It's like she's talking or telling us a story about that moment in her life. Bringing Kahlo's story to life through opera fell into the hands of composer Gabriella Lena Frank and librettist Nilo Cruz. I heard a piece that Gabriella had composed, which the theme of it was the Day of the Dead. And when I heard the piece and heard the beautiful music, I said to her, that is the entry into this world. And we should not do a biopic of Diego and Frida, but maybe perhaps Frida coming back to the world on the Day of the Dead. Dia de Muertos, or Day of the Dead, gave them something to artistically build on, says Frank. The Day of the Dead is just incredible. There's an element of fantasy, there's an element of fiction that is more real than the non-fiction as a result. You have to stretch, I think, as an artist to be able to imagine a, a universe that doesn't really exist but seems very authentic. The dramatic trigger for the story is Rivera's last day on Earth, says Maza. He comes to the graveyard in Dia de Muertos to invoke Frida and call her back to help him cross to Mictlán, to the underworld, the Aztec underworld. In the opera, Kahlo returns from the dead without any of the pain she experienced in the real world from a horrific accident and dozens of surgeries. But she re-enters the world of the living with a warning, says Maza. But don't you dare touch Diego. Don't you dare touch your painting brushes. You cannot do that because if you do that, you'll feel the agony again. But pain defined Kahlo's life and her art, says Paz. The relationship that she has on stage in this opera with the paintings is so beautiful because in the moment that she finds the easel, she revisits like the pain. Kahlo discovers she cannot paint without the pain. Her suffering and her art were impossibly intertwined, so she can't help but embrace both Rivera and her former agony, says Massa. She allows him to embrace her in order for her to remember the pain, because it's only then that she can regain her identity as a painter. It's the pain when she was alive that really was her inspiration. Carlo died almost seven decades ago, yet her art remains vibrantly alive in pop culture, where her depictions of femininity, sexuality, and disability all seem strikingly relevant. What is amazing is that every new generation takes her image and makes it their own again and again and again. San Diego Opera is poised to introduce its Frida Kahlo to the world this weekend in a new Spanish-language opera that sings the praises of Mexico's iconic artist. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. San Diego Opera's The Last Dream of Frida and Diego has its world premiere tomorrow and runs through November 6th at the Civic Theater downtown. And before you go, we have weekend arts event recommendations for you. KPBS arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans joined KPBS's Jade Heidman to talk about some Halloween and Day of the Dead events. Let's start at the Old Globe, where they're holding their free Axis Day of the Dead event. What can you tell us? So AXIS is the Globe's free community performance program. It's through their arts engagement wing. And one of the big events they do each year is this Day of the Dead celebration. 
And this year, it's hosted by Alejandra and Sisa Dardashti, and they'll have theater performances, puppetry from the San Diego Guild of Puppetry, Aztec dance, and music, and they'll also present a performance of their newest collab play. This is written by Gerardo Flores Tonella. This is all at the Globe's Outdoor Plaza, and it's for all ages, and it's free. It'll be held from 11 to 1.30 on Sunday. In visual art, a group of artists is hosting what they're calling an experimental art haunted house at Bread and Salt. What do you know about that? Right. So it's 16 regional artists, and they're taking over the brick room at Bread and Salt. And they've been building out this kind of maze or haunted house style layout. And so it's a series of of immersive installations that you kind of wander through. There's sculpture, light installations, sound installations, and there's lots of spooky stuff, but also things that are just festively campy or kind of weird. Uh, Some of the artists are sound installation artist Margaret Noble. There's Wendell Kling, Max Daly, and the duo Brian and Ryan. This is 5 to 10 on Saturday night at Bread and Salt. And while you're there, be sure to check out the special Andrew Alkaseed exhibition and, and book release that's happening in the main gallery. This is his collection of 138 watercolor paintings he made around the time of a recent bone marrow transplant. And the works represent the mundane but specific objects that surrounded him on this ongoing medical journey, like the little cup of cube jello from the hospital meal, but rendered in this really beautiful watercolor. So you can check out both exhibitions and keep in mind that these are both just one day only shows and Saturday is your only chance. And here's a special silent film screening with live pipe organ music for the soundtrack. Tell us about this event. Yeah, so this is at the Spreckles Organ Pavilion, and the Organ Society does this pretty often where they'll screen a silent movie while the organist plays a live accompaniment of the score. And for the Halloween edition, they're showing the 1925 version of The Phantom of the Opera, which famously portrayed that mysterious opera ghoul with this really exaggerated, grotesque makeup. And if the Broadway version is more your style, before the screening, local opera singers Victoria Robertson and tenor Bernardo Bermudez will sing some of the tunes from Broadway, uh, the Broadway version of Phantom of the Opera. And that starts at 6, and then the movie is at 6.30. And this is all free. Next is a musical called Murder Ballad at Patio Playhouse. That sounds pretty spooky. Tell us about the play. So first off, this is a rock musical with a live band. And I think knowing that you get these grandiose expectations that it'll be this huge cast and this really big experience, this big sound. But this play, it's by Julia Jordan and Juliana Nash. It's actually a really intimate musical. It's a small cast of four people, including a narrator, and that makes the audience feel more like they're part of the action. Here's a clip from the original cast recording.
And of course, the subject matter here is definitely more moody. It's a heartbreak story about a happily married wife who turns to a former lover, this bad boy type bartender. And yes, there is a murder mystery. This is at Escondido's Patio Playhouse, and it runs through November 6th. The shows this weekend are 8 o'clock tonight and Saturday night, and then 2 p.m. on Sunday. That was KPBS arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Heidman. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth and producer Emmalyn Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.